Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Church Blissett. On today's episode, we're going to talk with Scott Reed. Uh, Scott is an uh, expert in something that I know very little about, uh, <laughs> and I'm super excited to have a conversation with him and and share all of this information with you because um, it's if you're anything like me, it's kind of scary when you think about um, lawyers and whatnot, uh, and just the ignorance is bliss whenever you're a service technician and then you become a business owner of a service business. Um, it's not something that kind of, most people aren't prepared to have a conversation with, with, uh, their lawyer. Uh, but I'm super excited to talk today, uh, about five strategies to help shatterproof your business with Scott. Uh, Scott's known as America's legal coach. Uh, he's official Zig Ziglar, small business lawyer. And uh, a, Zig a Ziegler Legacy Certified Trainer. Sorry, I'll get my tongue tied there. Uh, and it has over 20 years of experience as an attorney. For the last two decades, Scott has been helping business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, and service providers to shatterproof their business and succeed in the professional world. Scott's a firm believer that seeking legal advice doesn't have to be intimidating or expensive if you treat your lawyers like your primary care doctors instead of your ER doctors, like a CPA. So <laughs> you need to have a relationship with a CPA, you need to have a relationship with, with your lawyer. Uh, through his subscription-based access plan legal service, Scott's making great strides in shifting that perspective, which is really freaking awesome. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Tersh. This going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Um, so like I said in the intro, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I, I, I knew I was guilty of it with the CP with my CPA also. So I created a relationship. I purposely created a relationship with the CPA. Um, I have a current quote unquote subscription based plan with a legal service. Uh, but it's no, it's not a relationship at all. Um, and honestly, I don't really see the value in what I'm paying for currently. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with, with kind of the stuff that I'm talking about, but probably, <laughs> um, it's, it's one of those things where like I get into a tight spot and then I'd like reach out. There's no relationship built there. So they, you know, like they don't really know my business. They don't know me that, but anyways, enough about me. Let's hear about you. Give us a little bit about your background and, and how you got to working with uh, small businesses. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I started out um, in sales back in the early 90s uh, for a major telecarrier, tele uh, AT&T. They made me what's called back then was an authorized uh, agent, and I could sell phones, the parts and after, aftermarket stuff for phone systems to the big business market. And I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at that time hmm. and was having, uh, was really doing well. I was very you know, young, newly married, and I figured out um, a way in their system to generate new contracts for expiring maintenance agreements, Ooh. right? Everyone's, you, you buy equipment now and you, especially back then you would buy, you would get a, a maintenance agreement with it. Usually they're about four years in term. Mm -hmm. Well, you're, those, those tone systems would last decades. Uh, so you had to keep keep maintaining them, um, so they would renew. 
So I would send out those contracts. Half of them would come back in the mail, true mailbox money. And then I would start dialing uh, to talk to the business owners and then about 25% more would come in. Mm. I was, and then I was getting paid on the annual premium uh, for all of those. So we were, you know, we were sitting at our kitchen table cranking out uh, those contracts on our old dot matrix printer uh, as fast as we could and, and making more money than, than we'd seen. Mm-hmm. Again, we were young, uh, but we thought it was going great. <laughs> then in comes a new manager. The manager decides, hey, uh, we really like what you're doing, but we don't want to pay you to do that anymore. And they took that away from me and gave it to a minimum wage worker in the office. Oh, no. I uh, breached my contract and sent me to southeast Oklahoma, which anyone knows uh, it's a great part of, uh, of the country, but they did not have a big need for business phones. So I'm not sure they had phones uh, <laughs> back in the early 90s. It's a beautiful country, but not, not technology. Yeah. And so uh, they sent me there to die, basically. So I went to see a lawyer and was told, yeah, you've got, they've breached your contract. You made a few mistakes here and there, um, but you can't afford to fight AT&T. Yeah. And, and they were right. So... I did what every sane human would do. I went, I decided to go to law school. Uh, so I, I started preparing for my LSAT exam, took that and uh, applied to law school. And um, about six months later was at the University of Oklahoma College of Law, starting uh, my first year of law school. Wow. Uh, law, school, law school was great. Um, if you've ever been in the wor- at working and get to go back to school, then you really appreciate school. Yes. Uh, and so I, I enjoyed my three years there, got out and went to work uh, in 96 in a civil litigation firm where we were doing really high-end federal court litigation with copyright and trademark cases, um, really big, big things that uh, with engineers and, and truthfully, it was very boring. Um, it, it was important, I guess. Yeah. And one, I remember one of the cases we were dealing with, which, which, what would become the standard for music, which was it going to be the big, C, the bigger CDs uh, or yeah. the small CD? Uh, so that was important for a while. That's kind of ir- becoming irrelevant now. But you know, some of those big things, and I would sit on conference calls hour after hour, listening to engineers and things, and billing by, billing the client for that time, and just bored out of my mind, and not feeling like I was helping people. So I started looking for ways to help people, and one of the one of the areas that I felt the most helpful was with uh, small business owners. And really the first, uh, the first business client I had, I can remember, was a small ambulance company uh, in, here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And they were looking, they, they had a challenge with a competitor. We dealt with that. And then I can remember I'd formed a relationship with the son-in-law of the owners. And we were having breakfast one morning. He said, you know, I really think mom and dad would like to sell this ambulance company. Do you think you could help? I'm mm. like, well, yeah, I could help. That sounds like a lot of fun. And, um, and decided that I wanted to do that on a percentage. Mm-hmm. So they agreed to pay me a percentage of whatever I could get them for the business. And so oh, I went nice. to work, senior partners helped me put together a deal. Um, and we found a, a very large ambulance company to buy them. And so that was my first exposure to, um, really helping small business owners. And it, I mean, it gave uh, those people freedom uh, and then it, it secured a job, several jobs for some of the local um, EMTs that, that needed that because the bigger company was able to give them, you know, more benefits, uh, better pay, a little more consistency and reliability. So it was really fun. So that was kind of my entrance into working with small businesses. I did other things along the way. Um, 
ever since my first year in law of being a lawyer, I've been an owner of a law firm. Uh-huh. I guess I've owned, not counting my this one, four, three other law firms, and we started Reeb Law in 2005. And in 2005, when you when you open a law firm, you kind of have to take whatever comes in the doors. <laughs> I think really that's what a lot of businesses. Yeah. And so for a while, if you could breathe, you were my client. Yeah. So we did all kinds of things. Um, but over the, over the first five years, we started, we were able to start kind of narrowing it down. And like you mentioned, the subscription plan, I can remember I was kind of in a small office suite mm-hmm. uh, back in early 2000s. There weren't a lot of those, but you know, so there were other business owners around me. And I can remember them talking about, you know, we can't afford to pay your hourly rate. I wish you had some kind of a plan for small business owners. And we would ponder what that would look like. And I didn't quite, I I got the idea, but I didn't really know how to put it together. So I just kind of put a pin in that. Uh, And in 2012, I started looking for a business coach to help me figure that out. Okay. Um, I interviewed a couple business coaches, um, ended up that one of my um, lifetime friends in in Tulsa was working with uh, a guy named Clay Clark, uh, who had really helped him. And so I called him and we hit it off and he understood what I was trying to do. Uh, even though he'd never worked with a lawyer before to do that. And so we set out and at the end, at the end of the day had created what is now called the iLegal access plan or program. And what that program did was give small business owners, you know, like you people that, uh, from, you know, it's from startup to $20 million in revenue. We have lots of different, you know, range, Mm -hmm. uh, the ability to have legal answers on demand. I like to say the right information at the right time is often the difference between success and failure. A hundred percent. Right. And, and kind of the problem that we were trying to solve was why are our clients only calling us when their business is on fire? (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the re the reason we came up with was because they don't like how, how we bill people, right? Generally you're getting paid by, you know, billing, getting billed by your lawyer by the hour really Mm -hmm. it's kind of by the, by the six minutes. And so every time you call them, money is just flying out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. So that's a disincentive to call. So we had to remove that, that disincentive Mm. uh, because the only way to really be successful from a legal standpoint, in your business is to be proactive. So one of the key things that we built into our plan is that you have unlimited access to us either by telephone, text or email. So if you have a question, you can get that question answered uh, generally, generally within, within 48 hours. Hmm. Um, and if it's an emergency, everyone gets SOS calls even faster. Gotcha. Right. And then the next really big thing that, uh, and this was the most important thing to me was that we have built into every plan, at least a 20 minute call every month with every client. Really? So that we can build a relationship. It's, um, I'm yeah. getting ready to go see, go see a new doctor. I need a new primary care doc. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just turned 51 and I, I need to start taking care of making sure <laughs> I'm getting regular physicals and that stuff. Right. Yeah. So I need a new doc. And I know when I go see this new doctor, who's been highly recommended, um, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit nervous. I probably won't be as open as I would <laughs> right. if I'd known him for 10 years. Yep. And so over time, the more I go see him, we'll build rapport in a relationship. I'll become more of an open book and, and he'll, he will be able to help me more. It's the same with, with your lawyer. The more you open up to them and tell them what you're doing in your life and in your business, the easier it is for them to spot what I call the 
potholes of, of life mm-hmm. and then help you steer around them. Or yeah, it's, it's, it's so, fu- it's so funny that you mentioned that because, um, I didn't even think about this until you were just saying that, but, um, my son, all of my kids play travel soccer and, and, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, my second oldest son, he, he I've, so we, they grew up, they played travel ball. So they grew up with these other kids and, um, one of the other dads, we became really good friends and he became my dentist. So then it was like, we see each other now other than a few weeks during the summer, we see each other every weekend and we, we truly have a friendship and a relationship and he'll call me on stuff that normally like I'm, I've been terrible. I've, I've had horrible teeth my whole life. And, uh, so I have implants and, and all kinds of metal titanium rods in my mouth and everything else. And, uh, having that relationship with him as the dentist that everybody fears, it's really like, I can just go right in there. He'll call me and say, Hey, you really got to come get this taken care of. And, uh, instead of me being just terrified and blowing them off, um, it's, it's more of like, okay, I, I believe you. All right. I'm coming to see you, Mike. And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll see you. Yeah, that's really how it works. And there's clients that during that 20 minute call, we won't, we may never even get to anything that's truly legal. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just about life and catching up because uh, over the seven years, I've got clients that have been in this thing seven years. It's, you know, we've really developed a friendship and relationship, but in, in, which is great. That's, mm-hmm. That was the idea. But what it enables me to do is to be able to see, see more clearly some of the things that are wrong because I have a totally different perspective than you do. Yeah. You're in the middle of it. Yeah. And I can, so I can see things in one of my, uh, one of my areas of, uh, of giftedness is that I can see those things and then help you find a path to solve, either solve, to solve the problem or go around the problem. You'll avoid it altogether. Um, right. You know, in my life, I, I, I have all kinds of problems I can't solve, but I can solve <laughs> yours really well. Yeah. I'm with you there. People call it, they'll ask me questions and I'm like, I wish I had that same exact problem in my business. I can tell you how to solve that problem. I'm not a business coach, but I've just talked to so many people that this is what's worked for them. And, uh, but for me, I, I have trouble solving some of my own issues too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the five strategies, uh, to shatterproof your business. And if for some reason you have to get off this episode, uh, hang up early. I like to associate hang up because most people listen to it on their phone, um, on a drive between service calls or on their commute to the office. Um, you can go to, um, Scott's website to get more information from this, but I still challenge you to listen to everything and, um, listen to the entire episode. Uh, but you can go to Scott, if you will tell them the website, uh, to get more information from you and to, um, work on a book. Sure. It's a reblaw.com R E I B L A W.com forward slash business mastery. So if you go to that page, uh, we have a special offer for you just for the, you listeners that will do a 20 minute free, what I call laser legal coaching session where we can uh, focus on your business for uh, 20 minutes and see, uh, what value I can give you and help you with some of some of your problems and issues. And then you also can download a free copy of the ebook 
five proven strategies to shatterproof your business. And if you don't know that you need to shatterproof your business, do the 20 minute call and I'll tell you why. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to decide uh, really quickly why you need to do this. Uh, Cool. So let's dive down into it. um, And let's get started with number one. What's, what's the first strategy? Yeah. You kind of uh, led into that earlier. Uh, The first strategy is to establish five key relationships. It's kind Mm -hmm. of this team of advisors um, and you mentioned a really valuable one, the CPA, right? And it's, it's, it's relationship. So you've got to have a CPA that's interested in spending time with you and teaching you um, about accounting, about financial statements, mm-hmm. how to read them, how to, um, how to do your books correctly, how to uh, forecast, how to do your taxes correctly, what's the best tax you know, way to structure your business from a tax standpoint and have an ongoing conversation about that so you can make adjustments, right? It's uh, small hinges swing big doors. Absolutely, but you have, but you've got to be monitoring that so you can make those little adjustments as you go. If you wait till the end of the year, take them <laughs> a box of documents. They'll do your tax return, and you'll pay more than you should have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won't know it because you have no relationship. So and you, you can't really prepare things. And and the thing about a good CPA, uh, they they should save you whatever their expenses are. Um, and so. As long as you, as long as I preface that, as long as you have a good relationship with them and you stay in constant contact with them, um, mine requires that we talk every other week. So, uh, twice a month, we get on the phone for about 20 minutes and have a conversation, uh, for that reason so that they can That's see right. how things are going and everything, um, in the business and just having that relationship. And it also, I'd like to add that it's also helpful if, your CPA in particular, um, I don't, I'm not sure about lawyers because of, I honestly, like I said at the beginning, I'm, this is very, I'm very ignorant in this realm, this realm here. Um, but, uh, they have experience in at least service businesses. Um, if not in HVAC service business or plumbing or fencing or something like that, as long as they have some experience with that type clientele, then they kind of know, what to expect, the ebbs and flows of your slow season, your shoulder season, if you're going to have those types of things. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it does make it easier if you can find someone that has done your industry before. Mm. I think and so I think that's an important factor. I think the most important factor uh, in, in picking a CPA, though, is the first thing you mentioned is, is that they want to talk to you every two weeks. Yeah. So you're looking for a very special breed of CPA that want to interact with you. Most <laughs> CPAs do not want the interaction. That's why they are CPAs. <laughs> All they want to do is send you a report telling you what happened for the year. Yep. That's that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for someone that wants to talk to you, wants to help you and wants to build a relationship. So that's that's kind of the first thing. And then the second thing would be, yeah, do you have experience with um, HVAC companies or at least service-related uh, mm-hmm. businesses? Most of them do, mm-hmm. but if they don't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't write them off if you really like them or are comfortable with them yeah. and they're willing to spend some time to figure it out. It's not that different. Right. They can figure it out and then you can kind of educate them on the the, the way the seasons work and the way the money flows. But so those would be two important factors. But the main thing is to find someone that's, they're just going to be a little bit different than your normal CPA. And so you, you may, it may take you a handful of interviews to find mm-hmm. that person. Back in 2013, I did a CPA tour and met with 45 CPAs in 30 days. Wow. 
it was very interesting. And I only found three that I was willing to refer my clients to. I believe it because like you said, I mean, to start with, a lot of CPAs are CPAs because they don't want to talk to people. They want to just, they like numbers, they like math, uh, but conversations aren't their strong suits. And, uh, and, and there's a place for CPAs like that for sure. Um, but whenever you have a small business like that, they're an extension of you, they're extension of your business and you're paying them. So you need to take advantage of that, of, of them and their, their knowledge. Yeah. I also would like to see a CPA that's trying to grow that isn't interested in just being just them and a computer. Mm, good point. Um, I, if they're trying to scale their business, then they're going to be able to, to understand more what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that could be important as well. I mean, if, if you just want to be you in a truck and that's, mm-hmm. if that's your goal, that's fine. Right. Then a CPA that wants to do that too would be okay. Mm-hmm. But if your dreams are to scale your business and to have a fleet of trucks, um, then you want someone that's trying to grow it. And so they may have some CPAs in their, on their team that aren't real uh, relational. That's okay. If they're doing, if, if they're, right. if they can do the accounting work, that's mm-hmm. great. Um, but you need someone that is relational that can work with you. That's the first relationship. Mm-hmm. The second is a banker. You need a banker, not a bank. Everyone's got a bank. There's one on every corner. You need a banker that you've got their cell phone um, and can communicate with them. I was communicating with my banker over the weekend, right? So you need that kind of relationship that they're interested in hearing from you, that they'll let you know if there's a problem with your account. If you see a problem with your account, you can call them. If you need to be able to to write a check today and deposit the money tomorrow, the only way you're going to get that done is if you have a relationship Mm -hmm. and it, you know, it does, it does happen. They can also help you set up credit cards and lines of credit and things that are necessary, especially in a, you know, in service related businesses where you may need to keep some inventory of parts and things yep. and don't want to use your cash to do it. So you've got to have a relationship. And so just going down to the big box bank isn't probably going to cut it. Mm-mm. And you may actually have to not go through the drive through, but actually go into the lobby sometime. <laughs> How dare take, you say yeah, that? <laughs> <laughs> maybe pick up a cup of coffee and take it to your banker and actually spend some time. Um, and, uh, my banker will actually, actually comes to my office occasionally mm-hmm. to visit with me. And so that's the kind of person that you're looking for. And so you should be able to talk to them, sell them, tell them your dream and your vision. And if they like it and want to work with you, then that's a place for you to put your money. And if they leave that bank, then you follow them, right? It's yes. about the banker, not the bank. Yes. Um, right. So then the next thing would be, you need to have an insurance agent. So you need someone that can help you cover the risks because there's some risk that is just not, there's not a, a way to avoid it. It's just there. Mm-hmm. So we need to, we need to have someone knowledgeable in our industry that can, can make all the recommendations for here's the, here's the eight different policies that, that you should have in a perfect world. And then you, and then they can prioritize them for you, help you figure out the best way to get those coverages. And then, you know, keep on, a, on at least a, at least an annual basis, sit down with you and go, okay, are we doing anything new, anything changed? Here's the policies that you've got. Here's what I think you should be adding, right? And this is just from from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the uh, your personal life insurance agent and financial planner, which yeah. you should also have. But we're talking just from the business standpoint. So you need someone that understands how to protect your business. And again, it's not just um, you can't just call an one eight hundred number <laughs> and do that. Yep. And you can, but you're going to get what you get. Mm-hmm. So. Let's get a relationship with someone it's that, a, you know, are adding to that team. It really is crazy the difference between 
um, just calling the 1-800 number and getting the next person to answer the phone versus developing the relationship with your insurance agent. Um, I accidentally uh, developed a relationship with mine um, because we networked together. And uh, once I became the president of the small business chamber in Savannah, um, it was he was at all the events. And so we developed a relationship and then I just moved all of my, my stuff over to him. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, I, I literally text him anytime I have a question about anything. And, and it's, he's the same way with me. If he has a, another client that has air conditioning issue or they have a, a fire or something and they're questioning, you know, what's being told to them, he'll call me and I'll walk them right through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's super important. I think I actually pay more for my insurance right now than I was p- before. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I now I know I can talk to this person. And I have their cell phone number. They answer on the yep. weekends, so it's worth it to me to pay a little more to have that kind of relationship and service. I agree. So that that would be um, the third relationship. The next one would be uh, a lawyer. You should have a business lawyer, and it should be someone that's on demand. So you're not having to pay them by, you know, by the minute every time you have a question mm-hmm. or have to wait two weeks for an appointment and then pay them a retainer. That, that doesn't work. Is that something that they need to have like locally or, I mean, can we do that? Because with the technology, like my CPA yeah. is in Charleston, South Carolina, like they're not mm-hmm. even close to me. Um, can we do the same thing with lawyers? I mean, sure. I've got clients I've never met. Okay. In person. We, we, yeah, we go over Zoom Okay, and I've seen them face to face, but we've never met in person. Um, we do all of our work. Uh, I'm licensed in Oklahoma and in Texas. Uh, one of my associates is licensed in a couple of other states, mm-hmm. but we do all of our work from Texas. Uh, but we have clients uh, that use our services from around the country. Okay, cool. 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 Yeah. But so I'm not there. If you can have local that offers those services, I think that's awesome. So you can walk into the, you know, walk into their office. That would be great. It's just not always practical. And in today's world, I mean, a lot of my clients don't have offices. Yeah. That's, that's you know, us. It, they're online entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and they're obviously out of their house mm-hmm. uh, with a laptop and a camera. And that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a cool world, but yeah, so we can do that. Um, but you, you need to have the, you need to have how you pay them nailed down and you, and they need to give you what I call on demand access. So you can be in a meeting, um, and a problem come up or maybe a topic come up that you don't understand, right? Maybe they start using what I call legal mumbo jumbo and you don't understand it. And so you're able to step out of the meeting, get on the phone with your lawyer and say, Hey, they're, this is what they're asking me to do. What does this mean? They then can explain it to you, get you up to speed. You go back into the meeting and look like a rock star instead of sitting there and possibly making a bad decision because you didn't want to look stupid. Right. Right. That's that's the kind of if you have that kind of a relationship, it can really help you move your business forward uh, with confidence that you're not making uh, big mistakes. You're going to make some uh, <laughs> because, you know, it just we no one's perfect. And but it's like, can we avoid the big mistakes? And so then that's so you really should do that. Mm-hmm. We call ours the access plan. Our plans range from three twenty five a month to nine seventy five a month. So depending on your business, there's a track for everybody there. And. Um, you really should find someone that can do that for you. And if, uh, if you can't, uh, or if you'd like to talk to us, then again, go to that reblaw.com forward slash business mastery, book a call so we can talk about what, what might work for your business to get you covered with this key relationship. The final relationship that you need is a business coach. 
Um, if you really want to grow your business, you really need a business coach that can, um, can give you a path to success and then hold you accountable to action steps along the way. Because even though many of us who are uh, entrepreneurs and business owners are very self-disciplined mm-hmm. and self-starters, uh, or we wouldn't be doing this, uh, it's very easy to get lost in the weeds of just doing the daily the mm-hmm. things that you have to do for your business. You need someone that can hold you accountable to doing more than is just required day to day to grow. Otherwise, you'll you'll stagnate. You won't achieve your goals. You'll get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, what my friend Howard Partridge says, you'll become a slave to your business. 100%. No fun. So you need a business coach to help you walk through that. It's funny because like even whenever I started the podcast, like I I knew a pretty good bit about business. Um, I went back to college and um, but you hit the nail on the head whenever you said, because once I hired my business coach, uh, there's things that are being done that I just thought was going to be two or three years away um, because they, he has a whole team of people that it just pushed me, pushed me, pushed me. And they're like, this can be done. Just do it. Don't put it off. And, and so holding you accountable and then showing you the way to do it. And then, like you said, avoiding the weeds, like that's not a job you need to be doing. So, I, mm-hmm. I, and I've, if you listen to the podcast before, anybody that's listening, you've heard me say this before, um, you know, paying someone else uh, to do something that you normally would be doing uh, is much better investment. And when you have a coach that says, um, can you hire somebody to do it for $10 an hour? You know, you need to be doing, you need to hire somebody to do it for $10 an hour. Even if you can do it really quick, just outsource it so that uh, you can be billing $200 an hour. You know, uh, it doesn't make sense for you to be doing a task for two hours that you can pay somebody $10 an hour or $20 total to do. Um, when you could bill $400 during that same time period. So, right. uh, and, and you don't really think about that because as an entrepreneur, you're like, I'm just going to do everything. I'm, I'm the janitor. Um, you know, everything whenever I'm the, the owner. Um, and I, I know social media is you're guilty of like almost to the point where like, I feel guilty if I don't do more of the like nitty gritty stuff, but the more I've outsourced and you hire VAs and all kinds of other things. It's just like, mm-hmm. I can just cram so much more into the same day doing physically the same amount of work, but getting so much more accomplished. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, if you don't do that, then as a business owner, you, you really just have a glorified job, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, if, if you're doing everything and just taking home a paycheck, then that's a glorified job. Business owners should be getting paid two ways. You should get paid for the work you do in your business. Um, that would be wages. And then you should get profit for the performance of the business. Yep. And too many of my clients don't understand that. They're either just, they're either just making the profit, uh, or yeah. they're just paying themselves, um, as a technician. technician yep. And yeah. And so you've got to do both. And if you're doing a job in the business, you need to associate a wage with that so that when you scale it, you've already got that built into your system so that you can replace yourself in that box, pay the person what you were being paid and then move to the next box. Yeah. It's uh yeah. But it's having that business coach to tell you when it's time to do that is very helpful because you, you may do, you might do it too soon. Yeah. Um, or you might do it too late and having someone with a little more experience and a little different perception, uh, can really help you. My problem was trying to find a coach that had a path for me, Everyone just wanted to talk about my feelings and <laughs> and what was my life purpose and all those things are are important. 
but I needed to make money. Um, and so I needed someone to tell me how to solve this problem in, in a way that would generate revenue. This guy had the path. We jumped on it and, and it, it was it worked. I was with that coach for two years. Um, since then I've, I've all, I'm always paying someone to coach me in the business. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've paid lots of money yeah. to do that because it makes, um, it makes, it makes sense. It's it, an investment. It really does. And it's an investment yeah. in yourself too, because you're learning, yeah. even though you're, you're paying someone else to help you, you know, you're, you should be learning something. You shouldn't just be doing, be a robot, but you're, it sounds like you were like me and <clears throat> I has, I've had coaches in the past where, um, it was more of, they would ask me questions until I figured it out. And mm -hmm. then I finally, I found the coach that I have now and it's like, okay, that's your problem. This is your solution. Do this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, let's do it. And then just rock and roll and move on to the next thing. And then right. like, that's how I learn is like, I don't have to figure it out. If you'll tell me what to do, I'm fine with that. And we'll just rock and roll with it. And then, you know, let's don't repeat the same question over and over again. Um, but, you know, learn from the question and learn from the, the interaction with the coach. Um, but yeah, I, I can't, I really struggle having a coach that is constantly asking me questions. And then I finally figure it out for myself. That just mm -hmm. kind of irritates me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the next strategy would be to, uh, establish or start your business on a <laughs> strategy solid number one. Sorry. I'm thinking yeah. I'm writing this yeah. stuff down. I'm like, Oh yeah, well, yeah. heck yeah. We're only, yeah. you know, 20 minutes in and we got, yeah. Oh, no, we're 40 minutes. <laughs> we don't have to hit them all. The, uh, but the second strategy is important because you've got to have the right legal structure or what I call the foundation for your business. And, you know, there's corporations, uh, which would be, you could be a C Corp or an S Corp. There's limited liability companies, partnerships, limited partnerships. There's all kinds of different forms of businesses. And some of them are right for you and some of them are not. And you may need uh, multiple entities to protect your uh, business and your personal assets. Wow! Right. The the big deal that the big deal with with legal structure is that you know in you know my grandparents' time you could be a sole proprietor, a mom and pop business, and you were fine mm -hmm. because there wasn't what I call a predator creditor on every corner looking to sue you. But now in the U.S., my understanding is there's about 20 million lawsuits filed every year. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lot. And those, those lawsuits cost about $85,000 as the median cost to defend one. Wow. Most small business owners don't have that kind of money set aside to defend a lawsuit. And if it's a breach of contract type case, which most of them are, there's no insurance for that. Right. So you're paying for the lawyers out of your pocket. And if you lose the case, then you're paying for the damages or you're filing bankruptcy. Mm. So it's important to be set up right so that you can survive that, that kind of a, a battle because it's no longer if it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time before there's some sort of legal attack on your business and you need to be structured right. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you're a sole proprietorship, everything you have is exposed, right? So here's the example, had a 20 year, uh, general contractor, they were doing remodeling. I mean, stellar reputation in the community had never had a better business bureau complaint. I mean, everyone loved them until they didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Then they find the one customer they cannot make happy. So this guy uh, called, he called me to come in, this guy I knew from church. He came in, the first question I asked him is, when did you incorporate? And he said, oh, we haven't done that. 
How do you, how do you not like just never got an LLC or they had never know? done an LLC or corporation. So they were still a sole proprietorship actually it would have been a general partnership between he and his uh, family and what they, but the bigger problem was that they had also besides this construction business had been buying houses and remodeling them and, and then leasing each them one out. of those houses wasn't under its own LLC or at least two or three of them. No, they were in their individual names. Oh. So, every, so everything that they had was exposed to this one lawsuit. And this was back in 2007 and eight. Oh, when yeah. The credit crunch was happening mm-hmm. and they really needed to refinance some of those properties and they could not because mm. of the lawsuit. And so what they had to do was they had to settle this lawsuit that was very winnable and from and pay money that they shouldn't have had to pay just to get free from it so that they could then restructure and get a corporation in place. Man, that so sucks. You, yeah, so if you're listening right now and you don't have a corporation or LLC, at least that for your your operating company, you have to get it because otherwise everything that you've taken home from your business is exposed to the to your business liability. Once you put that wall around your business, then your your personal assets are protected. Now your business assets may still be at risk and there's some strategies that we can teach you to fix some of that. But you at least got to have that wall around your business, which is a corporation or LLC, to make sure that that liability can't go home. That's really interesting. <clears throat> so does it matter if you, you start out like S Corp or just LLC? I know that whenever I first applied for mine, it was asking me all kinds of stuff. And um, I had some help, but even with the help that the little bit of help that I had, it was like um, they were like, well, you could do this or this, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't black and white. It was very gray areas. And, uh, you know, there's like, well, if you go, I think they said, if you go S Corp, you have to pay yourself a reasonable wage. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I plan on paying myself, so I guess that's fine. But it's like, it was, it was, it was very vague, everything, which I was really uncomfortable about. Yeah. And so that, so there's a conversation when you're deciding your structure that needs to be happening between you, your, you with your lawyer and with your CPA to figure out what's going to be the best tax structure for you. Cause when you talk about S corp status, mm-hmm. that's a tax election that you make with the IRS. When you let's, let's say LLC is the way to go. Um, it almost always is. It's the, it's a very flexible entity because we can pick whatever taxation strategy we want. It's what the IRS calls a check the box entity. So you start out with an LLC. If it's a single member out of the box, it's what we call a pass through or a disregarded entity. So everything that you earn with your LLC goes straight through to your 1040. It's a real simple. So it's real simple. So it's a, if you've been a sole proprietor, there's nothing changes for you from the tax standpoint. Uh, the money still goes the same way. But then as you become a little more sophisticated, maybe you're, you're making some money and this could even happen in the first year if, if you needed to make a change then you can start paying yourself a regular salary withholding taxes. You then make the S corp election. And so now you're, you're ta- you're going to save about 10 to 15% on your taxes and you're no longer paying that self-employment tax by making that S corp election. Again, that's a tax issue you need to get with your, mm-hmm. uh, your CPA. I only play a, a tax lawyer on TV, but <laughs> if you'll, if you'll get with them, then, uh, I guess and on podcasts, yeah. you can get, you can figure out the, uh, you can figure out the best form for you. But with an LLC, you could even be taxed as a C corporation if for some reason that made sense for you. Um, I, I really? can't think of why it would make sense, but it could. 
There could be some reason the C, the C Corp tax rates are down a little bit. Uh, there could be reasons and the way your business is struck works for you to be C Corp. So, so what's, what is the bad, the downside of a C Corp? Like, from my perspective, the downside of a C Corp is that it actually files and pays tax. So it, uh, an S Corp only files an informational return with the IRS. Uh, a C Corp actually pays corporate tax. So the company will pay tax on the income and then whatever you've taken home as a business owner, then you'll pay tax on that again. And so in business school and things, they'll call that, you know, double taxation. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Now, if you have a really good CPA, there's a lot of ways to make sure you're not getting paying double tax. Um, but you've got to really be on top of that. And it just needs to make sense for you. It's generally going to probably be uh, one of the larger companies where you're doing, let's say, five, 10 million, um, you know, not a, a startup company mm -hmm. or a half million dollar revenue company. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, again, the decision that you should discuss with your CPA, probably at least annually of are we are we set up right from a tax standpoint? Is there some change we should make that would make a difference for us? Um, but once you them. once you go S or C, you can't go back, right? Yeah, you can. Oh, you, you can. can. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, there's a there's a form that you can file explaining the reason for that change, and you can change. You can't like go back and forth during a year, uh, but at, uh, for each year you can make that election. Cool. Yeah. Uh, another thing I see some business owners do in, with taxes is become a fiscal business where they set their fiscal year uh, to be different than everyone's right now. Out of the box is December, mm -hmm. is January 1 or December 31. If you don't like that, you could be a, maybe you're because of the cyclical nature of your service business, you could elect to have a different fiscal calendar. And so your taxes would then be due at different times. But that's another How thing. How would you? you so, okay, so that would be definitely a CPA conversation. Yeah, because if your I mean if your business is really slow at the end of the year, it may be better for you to end your year in September when you've just finished your really busy season. Uh, there's just some different things, but yeah, you can talk to them. That's but that's another area you can make an election with the IRS and have some control over over your life. Good, good to know. Yeah, so that's the first two strategies um, in how to shatterproof your business. <laughs> yeah, so. Here I was just chit chatting along thinking I'm right now one through five and you know, that's just one through five of part one. Uh, so <laughs> I honestly, I would love to have you back on, uh, to at least go through two more of them. Um, and okay, cool. So we'll, we'll, we'll schedule that. Um, and, uh, but those two, I mean, that's a tons of information. I mean, I could, I could honestly probably talk for an hour on each one of these that we've talked about so far, but, um, shout out thank you so much for coming on this on the show and and sharing all your information so far um and i'm super excited to talk to you again um is there anything else i know i'll share your website on there um is that the best place for anybody to reach out you know that's that's the best place for them because they'll get they'll get value immediately by going mm -hmm. to that page uh you can also find me on uh social media um on instagram i'm the, the scott reeb i would love to see you there we're all we're pushing content out on all of our in our social media channels uh, daily cool. uh, with good information for business owners and, and then if you want to chat with us there that that's fine too. But the most value is going to be at the reblaw.com forward slash business mastery where you actually can get something free from a lawyer, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> hey, this podcast is free. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. There's tons of information here too. So <laughs> cool. I thank you again for coming on the show. And for anybody that's listening, um, <clears throat> go follow Scott on uh, Instagram. Uh, if you're not already following me on Instagram, follow me, Tersh, uh, at Tersh Blissett. And um, the Service Business Mastery, we also have an Instagram page. I'm, uh, I'll have to admit I'm not super active on that one although I am with the air conditioning company and uh, my personal page, but where I'm getting at, if you find value in this episode, please take a screenshot of it, uh, share it in your stories on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, tag, tag both Scott and I, and um, we'd love to connect with you. And if we're not already friends over social media, we can become social media BFFs. Uh, if you have any questions for me, uh, feel free to reach out to me, uh, tersh at icebound.us. A uh, little bit of tidbit information, uh, top secret information for everybody that's listening. Uh, that email address will be changing before long, but I'll reveal some of that, uh, those top secret details in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> um, a lot of people do email me to test out my autoresponders. So that's one of the ways that I'm able to streamline my daily process is uh, having an autoresponder that it helps to um, control the expectations, limit the expectations of people who are emailing me. Uh, so they're not expecting an immediate response. It, it clearly says that um, I'll reply twice a day I, or I read my emails twice a day and I'll reply as soon as possible. Uh, and then it also relays uh, contact information if you need, if it's an emergency. So uh, that's one of the ways that I'm able to stay off of my computer is um, not not having to check the emails every time it dings. Uh, so if you want to check that out, definitely check it out. And, and a lot of people will send it in the message uh, in the actual, um, why I'm having a brain fart right now. The, um, come on, Tersh, the subject line, geez, Louise, subject line, just put testing autoresponder. <laughs> and oh, and uh, then I'll know like that, you don't have to reply. I'm just testing this autoresponder. And then, uh, but knowing me, I'll probably reply anyways, and we'll get into a conversation. But uh, feel free to reach out to me. If you have any questions to for Scott and you're too shy, if you're just like me and you're an introvert and you don't want to reach out and make new relationships, uh, reach out to me and I'll uh, I'll definitely reach out to Scott and, and get try and get your questions answered. But I, I do challenge you to definitely, definitely go check out the website and uh, develop a relationship with Scott. It's not very often that you're going to hear, at least me personally, um, that a lawyer wants to develop a relationship with their clients. Uh, I know that that's kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably a uh, something that's said a lot, but you can tell just by talking with you, Scott, that uh, you're definitely somebody who who walks the walk um, and not just the talk. So I appreciate you coming on the show again. And I appreciate everybody that's listening to this episode. And um, I look forward to talking to you again next week on the Service Business Mastery Podcast, the podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. We'll talk again soon.